to that river. <laughs> Amen. Of course, in Alaska, we might say that ice, <laughs> that, that iced over river, but frozen river. Down to the frozen river to pray. <laughs> that would increase our prayer, wouldn't it? God is good. It is great to see you all here tonight, those who are present, those who are online, uh, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your presence and for your attendance this evening. Let's please go together to God in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful day that you granted unto us. A day, Lord God, that will go down in history. A day that you have blessed. A day that you have been in on this earth with us, your children. Thank you. Hallowed be your great and amazing name. Help us this evening, Lord God, to worship you in an acceptable way. That heaven might rejoice. Help us to bring glory and honor unto your name. And that those, Lord God, that are in need of repentance will do so. That the heavens may rejoice. Help us, Lord God, in our service to you. To be humble and meek, servants of yours. Honoring your name and glorifying Jesus, your great son. It's in his name we pray and thank thee. If it be thy will. Amen. Tonight from the topic, Mission Impossible. My wife, she inspired me to bring this uh, lesson to you this evening. It's one regarding uh, evangelism. You know, you think about about life and when you have something that's on your heart, um, you, you, you think about it and you, you contemplate it and you, you, you work with it and you work on it. And then when you have a double exposure to the same idea, you know it's something you probably ought to do, right? And so I want to talk a little bit uh, from this lesson, this idea of Mission Impossible, and then um, and, and affirm some of the things that Brother James also said on Wednesday evening, which uh, fits so well uh, into this lesson, so I'm thankful. Evangelism is one of the, one of the real focal points of Christianity. It's not just saving ourselves, but it's actually something that we are able to do as God's people to assist in saving the world, right? We are assisting God as servants of God, and the blessings belong to those who have willing hearts. There's no feeling greater than aiding God, assisting God, as God calls the growth and the increase, and saving a soul, right? It's a wonderful thing. But what about this idea of a mission impossible? The Great Commission, Matthew 28, was given to the apostles. And it, it would appear to be an impossible mission because Jesus Christ has, has been executed. So many others are going to be executed. And how in the world were they going to spread the gospel to the whole world? In verse 18, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Turn to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. That same commission spoken just a little differently. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creations. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has Disbelieve shall be condemned. And so they were to go out, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and spread this message, trying, attempting, if you will, trying to accomplish the very will of God. And in verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 3, the Bible says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. 
So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to our own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. And so God was with them in the completion of this mission. And I want to turn to Colossians, please, chapter 1. And I want to show you the positive of following God. There's nothing or no one who can stop God's will from happening on earth. And God said, go spread the gospel. Acts chapter 1 is this highlight of what they did. They went out and they spread the gospel to the entire world. Colossians 1 and verse 23, it says, If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. A mission impossible? Never with God. Right? So they were able to spread the gospel to a lost and dying world. First Corinthians, please, uh, chapter 12. Will you choose today to accept the mission that God has given? A mission to His children. But do you personally feel like this is an impossible mission for me because I, I'm not a teacher or, or I'm, I'm not of this or I'm not of that. And so for that reason, to reach the lost, it's an impossible mission for me. And I would say you're right. Without Christ, you were right. But with God, all things are possible. And God's already shown us once. They reached the world. And so we too can, can preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Because there are hearts, Brother James mentioned on Wednesday. Yes, there are hearts that are ready. They are ready to receive the gospel. And, you know, in this pandemic, Right? They don't know which way to go. You know, they're, they're reaching and grabbing at straws and they're trying to find some kind of sustenance, some kind of foundation, and they can't find one. And we have the answer. The answer is Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we're not alone in this. We together as a family of God, as a church, we are one big team. One person at a time, right? First Corinthians 12 and verse 12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. So think about this. Many, many years ago, about 30 to be exact, 31 or so. A young man brought the gospel to me. And then I brought the gospel to someone else. And that someone else brought the gospel to someone else. And then that someone else brought the gospel to someone else, right? What if, what if church, what if we decide that we're going to bring the gospel to one individual? And then that individual brings the gospel to a family of three or four individuals. And then that family brings the gospel to a family of three or four individuals. Do you realize what would happen to this congregation in one year? 
It's not a mission impossible. And I want to compare our mission to their mission. While it is the same mission, times are different. Second Corinthians, please, chapter 11. Has Paul been about preaching the gospel? I'm going to remind us of our mission in comparison to their mission. Verse 23 says, Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so, in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep. I have been in, on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from Mount my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers from the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such things, there is a daily pressure upon me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weaknesses. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, He who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. He talks about this, this persecution while preaching the gospel. How many times have you been persecuted? Right? What, what can you say about dangers? Turn to Acts, please, uh, for, for chapter 16. You know, what could we say to God about, well, Lord, I wanted to preach your word, but, but I was in danger. In danger of what? Acts 16 and verse 22. And the crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrate, magistrates tore their robes off them. And proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Acts 14 and verse 1. And it came about in that in Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a great multitude believed, both Jews and of Greeks. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Therefore they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and to stone them, they became aware of it and fled to the cities of Laconia and Lystra and Derbe and the surrounding region. And there they continue to preach the gospel. See, they didn't stop, right? You know, we're being persecuted, so we're going to stop. No, they just went from city to city to city 
to city. And what I'm encouraging you to do tonight is to go from home to home. Well, I know. You say, well, preacher, we're in a pandemic. Yeah. Well, let me, let me rephrase that word home and say from phone to phone. Right? Go from phone to phone. Preach the gospel. Tell everyone about Jesus. Tell them that Jesus is in control. Tell them that we win. Tell them that God knows and understands. Give comfort to those who are afflicted through this pandemic. Now is our time. Acts chapter 8. They went from city to city in a great persecution. In verse 1. And Saul was in hearty agreement with putting them to death. And on that day, a great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. And he would put them into prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. See, it's not a mission impossible, even in the midst of persecution. Turn to First Peter chapter 5. And I know it may seem like sometimes that as we carry the gospel, we know Satan is busy, right? Satan is always behind so much wickedness and evil. And it seems like Satan is at every turn. It's because Satan does not want the world to receive the right message. Because he knows they'll be saved. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He is, he is going to be out there forever because he doesn't want us to snatch those souls from the fire. He doesn't want them to be saved. Turn to Philippians, please, chapter 2. We must keep in mind, this isn't... This isn't our mission. This is God's mission. If God didn't tell us to spread the gospel, why would we? He never told us to. But we should want to. So that people could receive an amazing life. They don't realize how amazing this life is with Jesus Christ. We've all been in the world. We know what it's like to be in the world. But to be with Jesus is amazing. It's an amazing life. It's God's mission. And God wants souls to be saved even in the midst of opposition. Verse 12 of Philippians 2. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work For his good pleasure. It's God's mission. God wants us not only to work out our own souls. But God wants us to help others to work their souls out. Give them the right direction. Show them. Show them Jesus. Romans please. Chapter 8. We must keep in mind that God is forever on our side. As we go out and do the work of God. And live our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is not only helping us with uh, uh, sin and our struggles and difficulties. To stay away from sin. God is helping us in the words that we speak. If any man speak, let him speak as the, the oracles of God. Right? 
We speak the oracles of God, 1 Peter 4 and verse 11. And as we do that and we go in the strength that God supplies, we know that God is with us. And listen to what he promises. Romans 8 and verse 28, he says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God causes it to work out. You ever preached the gospel to someone? You ever taught someone the gospel? And you thought to yourself, being judgmental, it's not right of us, but I've done it. You ever thought to yourself, I can't see this person coming to Christ. But I'm going to study with them anyway. And they come to Christ. (laughs) And then he becomes a preacher. (laughs) I'm just saying, they said it about me too. (laughs) Right? God is good. (laughs) Right? God is good. Turn to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Never judge a book by its cover. Preach Jesus, the message of God. Verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So so here's what what part of the problem is, and I know, I I understand. We're going to Isaiah uh, 41. Part of the problem is, it's rejection, right? I mean, um, that was spoken of clearly on, on, on Wednesday evening, rejection. Don't be afraid of evangelism. I want to put that, that idea, I want to, you know, we're picking up, if you will, from, from Wednesday about rejection. I want to put that idea on your heart, and I want to, to attempt through these scriptures quickly to dismiss that from, from your hearts. So that, so that, we can put things in a proper perspective when it comes to declaring the gospel message of Jesus. So Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Let's start there. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So God says, look, I know what you're going through. But I am going to give you the strength, right? And I'm not telling you like I told Gideon to go in this, your strength. I am going to give you the strength. And see what happens is, uh, let's go to Psalm 50, Psalm um, 54. What happens is, we start thinking in our minds, and that's probably the first problem right there. We start thinking about, okay, what's going to be my approach? And what am I going to say? How, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Instead of praying about it. And leaving it to God. Don't worry about it, right? Leave it to God. Ask God for the open door. And then when God opens the door, ask for the courage and the conviction to step through the door. Right? And it it will flow. It will flow when you trust in God. Psalm 54 and verse 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. So again, we're trusting in God. It's not a mission impossible. So here we have to go out because we want to go out and give hope to a lost and dying world. And we're looking for words, words of strength and words of courage. But we're afraid of rejection. Now, it's easier, I think, in my mind, uh, when, when someone else is being rejected than me, right? 
And so when I, when I know, well, you know, so-and-so was rejected, man, you know, sorry that happened. It's easier when it's someone else being rejected. It's more difficult when it's me. So I want you to realize this in evangelism. In evangelism, in all actuality, none of us are being rejected. Let me give you some examples. Turn to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. When Samuel was given uh, this message from God, of preaching the gospel, of preaching the message of God, rather, the people came to him in their frustration. And they said to him uh, that they wanted another king. And Samuel was hurt over that. I want to look at verse 6. But the things was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Samuel, they're not rejecting you. Samuel says, no, 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 God, they're, you, you're my God. And, and they're saying they want another king. And, 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 and God says, Samuel, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. Carrying that into the New Testament. As we, uh, Jesus was speaking to the apostles. And, and what he says to them is, is encouraging. In verse 16, he says, The one who listens to you listens to me. And the one who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. So Jesus says, when you go out and you give the world my word, my message, and and they reject you in this message as you're teaching, and you read the scripture, and they reject the scripture, God says, no, no, no. They're rejecting me. And not just me. They're rejecting the Father. And then, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. Consequently, he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. This is not a mission impossible. Are you willing to accept the mission that God has given to you? I mean, God says, look, I'm not going to just ask you to go out and proclaim my word to a lost and dying world. Not alone. I want you to know something. Hebrews chapter 13. I want you to know something. And I want you to never forget it. Verse 6. So that we may confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Keep in mind, as we're going out to talk to people about Jesus, there are hearts that are willing and ready. They want to receive the message. And there are some who do not want to receive the message. Well, that's all right. Shake all the dust from your feet. 
and move on to the next. Pray to God for open doors. And as God opens the doors, pray to God that He will give you the blessing, the strength and the courage to step through that door. Maybe tonight there's someone on this this call, this, this worship, in this worship, who would like to receive the message of God. Tonight, if you will surrender to God in the waters of faith, having heard His word and believed it, have godly sorrow in your heart, confess His name before man, be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins, and then walk with Jesus. And tonight, if you're struggling in your faith, and we can help in any way, contact us. Let us know. Let the elders know. Contact the church office. Let someone know. Repent. Let God know. The lesson is yours. Thank you this evening for your time. God bless each and every one of you.